This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Hey, let's talk about that famous financial dumpster fire over at ICBC now. The public auto insurer lost about a billion bucks last year. They lost over a billion the year before that. They're losing around $3 million a day over there or more. The B.C. government said, we got to stop the bleeding here. One thing Attorney General David Eby did, he brought the hammer down on those personal injury lawyers. So the government brought in new court rules limiting expert evidence in ICBC court cases. The lawyers could only bring in a maximum of three expert reports in these cases, in these trials. The personal injury lawyers are mad as hell about that. They sued EB in court. They won this week. Big setback for the B.C. government, the B.C. uh, Supreme Court, saying that is unconstitutional. You can't meddle in the court system like that. The government saying this is going to cost a lot of money now. EB said they were going to save $400 bucks by doing this. But the courts have put the brakes on that. I'm going to speak to E.B. later on the show. Just after 1230, he'll be on. Let's get the other side of it now. Andrew Wilkinson is my guest, leader of the B.C. Liberal Party, leader of the official opposition in the B.C. legislature. Hi, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me, Mike. Appreciate it. What do you think about the court decision this week on the E.B. moves on ICBC? Well, drivers better bring out their checkbooks. You know, we're seeing these big increases in ICBC premiums all over the province, and David Eby was going to be a hero and save the drivers $400 million bucks. You know, given that we've got about 3 million motor vehicles, that was supposed to be 150 bucks per policy. Well, forget about that, because David Eby blew it. Uh, they had no idea what they were doing, and the courts told them that. So we're back to square one, and drivers are going to pay You know, we're seeing these huge increases in premiums across the province. I was in Cranbrook last week and heard from a a man whose son has a vehicle to go to university and back, and his premium went from 3,000 bucks to 7,300. So they're rethinking whether they'll have a car at all. Another family in Cranbrook is a single mom whose daughter has a car they got for 1,000 bucks so she can go to the College of the Rockies and have her two part-time jobs. Her premium went up to $3,000, so the dreams are off can't afford it. So there's a lot of explaining to be done here because David Eby is just blundering around in the dark and John Horgan's got to start to wear this. He's responsible for this. Fix it. Well, do you give Eby any credit at all for trying to fix the thing or do you think he should never have tried to, to meddle in, in the court in the court rules at all? You know, he, he's basically gone to war with these personal injury lawyers. Do you think if you if you were the premier right now, you wouldn't have done that? Is that what you're saying? Well, he not only went to war with the personal injury lawyers, he went to war with the judges. The Rules Committee is a bunch of judges who set the rules. He decided to override them and tell them how to run the courts. They said, forget it, David Eby. Unconstitutional, go back to square one. So we've got this blundering problem where the NDP have these grand designs and they just keep fumbling around making mistakes. And who pays? The drivers of British Columbia. So, you know, we need the John Horgan and the NDP to start to focus on what's actually going to make a difference. They're supposed to be the well, affordability government, and everybody's premiums are going up. So what would you do? What about these lawyers, though? You let these lawyers just run wild and run up these bills, or would you do something about it, too? We need to have a, a complete review of auto insurance in this province. We have a 45-year-old state-run monopoly that doesn't work. Nobody uses this model anywhere in the world except B.C. So why are we so married to it? 
Let's look at the best examples from around the world, New Zealand, Australia, the UK, across Canada. Find out what the best options are and give drivers a choice. Because we're stuck in this la-la land of the NDP Mm. monopoly, and it doesn't work anymore. Be honest about it. It doesn't work. So let's find systems that do work and give drivers a choice. Treat people with respect. Let me ask you, I'm speaking to Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson. Let me ask you this about another court case right now. And that's another one with the B.C. trial lawyers suing the government. The government brought in a cap of $5,500. That would be the maximum payment for pain and suffering from a minor injury in a car crash. The lawyers are mad as hell about that one, too. And they're suing the government over that as well. What is your position on that cap? $5,500 maximum payout for pain and suffering for a minor injury. Do you, do you uh, oppose that? Mike, this gets complicated real fast because one of the things that they included in that minor injuries category was essentially concussion and depression and psychological injuries. You know, I did personal injury defense for 12 years on behalf of the medical profession. And some people have major injuries that develop over time and they become incapacitated and what this would do according to david eby's plan is say to those folks okay we're three or four months into it you're uh, depressed non-functional so here's five thousand bucks that's it it's over well no there there would have been an appeal process there where you could have the case reviewed and have it uh and have it recategorized into a into a major injury where the cap wouldn't apply well, this right. is the problem, Mike, because you're starting to talk about process upon process upon process. The NDP is supposed to be making life more affordable for us. Instead, they're trying to create all these cockamamie schemes. One of them just got shot to pieces in the courts. It's unconstitutional. Yeah. Now they've got another cockamamie scheme that's supposed to be clever. And what we need to do is get auto insurance on the table, ask the question of how does it work all around the world, what's the best system, and let's fix it on behalf of drivers. Rather than David Eby keeping his little plan to come up with another little game and John Horgan nodding his head and saying, yeah, yeah, it's going to be more affordable. Well, good luck with that. You go to the insurance broker today and find out how much your insurance has gone up. It's not more affordable. Okay, how would you fix it then? Well, like I said, there are different models all around the world. There are five different models across Canada. Let's get them all on the table, figure out how it actually works for British Columbians. And here's a thought for you. Get the models on the table through the experts and have a group of citizens come together and make the choice of which ones should be available to BC. Well, I mean, that sounds like more process. You're just complaining about the government's going into process instead of fixing the thing. Now you're talking about expert panels. You could fix the thing in a year. Put the models on the table. Let British Columbians decide. Give people a choice. Treat people with respect. Don't just keep coming up with these patches to David Eby's plan and have Joan Horgan say this is good for you. We're getting tired of that, Mike. Do you think ICBC should be privatized? Well, that's going to have to be on the table. Whether it's worth anything is another question. Who would buy a money-losing industry? You going to go and buy a sinking ship? I don't think so. What about opening up ICBC to private sector competition? Like right now, ICBC has a monopoly on your basic auto insurance product, which is the one that everyone has to buy. Do you think that private insurance companies should be allowed to compete against ICBC for that market? Here's a great question, Mike. There are about 5,000 taxis in British Columbia. They pay up to $37,000 a year in insurance to ICBC. It's a monopoly. Why not let a private insurer in and see what they can do? What's the downside? 
Who's going to complain? Well, the potential downside is if you listen to the people at ICBC or the people who support a public auto insurer, they'll say if, if you let the private companies in here, they're just going to cream off the, the easiest cases, the lowest risk drivers. Sure, they'll insure those people, but the high risk drivers, people who've got accidents or tickets or young, inexperienced drivers, ICBC will get stuck with those drivers. That's, so that's a very. Take, how do you, how do you, how do you avoid that? Why not have a trial with taxis? They drive all the time. See how it works. Why not? Okay, so what are you going to do We got in, when we get around to another provincial election? What will your promise be to British Columbians on this? We're going to bring it into focus as to how giving consumers a choice will actually work. That's our task, and that's what we will bring to the drivers of British Columbia, that you do not have to do what you're told by John Horgan and pay these exorbitant premiums. Who can afford $7,300 for insurance for your kid yeah. when nobody's had any accidents? This is getting ridiculous. Government's supposed to serve the public, not oppress them, okay, not extract the, cash from them. Should the government step in and lower those insurance premiums, order ICBC to cap those premiums, especially for these young drivers who are getting absolutely walloped here? There are a couple of provinces in Atlantic Canada that actually have a cap on the amount that can be charged to young drivers. You know, ICBC used to charge them a minimal amount. Now they've decided to quadruple, quintuple, you know, six-fold increases in premiums. Who can handle that? You know, your life plan is built up on a certain thing. Oh, I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do my best. I'm going to have a part-time job. I can barely afford the car. Along comes John Horgan and says, forget it. We've decided to put your premium up by $5,000. Your dream's okay. out the window. Okay, so is that an, a yes then? You think the government should step in and put a cap on it and order ICBC to roll back those rates? Like I say, Mike, it's important for British Clemens to have a choice, and that means you've got to figure out what the options are on the well, table. How about give me a straight answer here? Would the government step, if you were Premier right now, would you order the ICBC to roll back those rates? I would say it's time for us to look at all the options available to yeah. drivers and find the thing that's the most affordable. Because right now we have one monopoly run by John Horgan saying pay up, and we're all getting tired of it. Andrew Wilkinson, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike. All the best. I, I appreciate it. That is Andrew Wilkinson, leader of the VC Liberal Party. He's the leader of the opposition. Remember how much they're losing over there. ICBC lost just over a billion dollars in the last fiscal year. They lost 1.3 billion bucks the year before that. According to the BC government, one of the big problems, skyrocketing legal fees. Now, that's why Attorney General David Eby brought in those new rules on the use of expert evidence in ICBC court cases. These expert reports cost a fortune. The government tried to cap the maximum number at just three expert reports per case. ICBC was set to save millions of dollars. The personal injury lawyers, though, they were mad as hell over that. They sued the government over it, and this week the government lost. Now, earlier on the show today, I spoke to Liberal leader Andrew Wilkinson. He says that the government has bungled this one. Here he is. Well, drivers better bring out their checkbooks. You know, we're seeing these big increases in ICBC premiums all over the province, and David Eby was going to be a hero and save the drivers 400 million bucks, you know, given that we've got about 3 million motor vehicles, that was supposed to be 150 bucks per policy. Well, forget about that, because David Eby blew it. Uh, they had no idea what they were doing, and the courts told them that. So we're back to square one, and drivers are going to pay. 
you know, we're seeing these huge increases in premiums across the province. I was in Cranbrook last week and heard from a, a man whose son has a vehicle to go to university and back, and his premium went from 3000 bucks to 7300 so they're rethinking whether they'll have Whoa. a car at all. Another family in Cranbrook is a single mom whose daughter has a car they got for 1000 bucks, so she can go to the College of the Rockies and have her two part-time jobs. Her premiums went up to $3,000, so the dreams are off. Can't afford it. So there's a lot of explaining to be done here because David Eby's just blundering around in the dark, and John Horgan's got to start to wear this. He's responsible for this. Fix it. All right, Andrew Wilkinson speaking to me earlier today on the show, the Liberal leader. You heard him going after David Eby there saying he's the Attorney General's blundering around in the dark. Let's talk to David Eby right now, the Attorney General. Very pleased to welcome him. Hi, thanks for coming on. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? Okay, I'm good. Thanks for coming on. So your ears must have been burning there with the Wilkinson going after you. He says you blew it. You bungled this thing. What do you say to him? I uh, uh, it's a, I mean, it's certainly, uh, I feel a lot of responsibility for this file. I uh, have a huge uh, task that the Premier has set out for me to work uh, and reduce premiums for people and get the cost at ICBC under control. Um, I accept that. But I have to say, uh, hearing from Mr. Wilkinson, who, with his colleague uh, Todd Stone and his colleague Mike DeYoung, uh, watched as ICBC careened out of control, hid reports, uh, that told them early on that they were headed for trouble, cut out pages from the reports before they released to the public so the public didn't know, hid the accounting so that before the election people didn't know ICBC was losing so much money, and then handed over a corporation that was losing a billion dollars a year. And by the way, in quarter one, showed for the first time a break-even break year for ICBC. Uh, so we've come a long way from what they left us. So I'll, I'll take criticism from a lot of people. We've got a lot of work to do. But I won't take criticism from Andrew Wilkinson. I mean, he's the last guy in the province <laughs> to be saying the B.C. Liberals would do a better job because they had a chance and they didn't. OK, doesn't he have a point, though, when he starts talking about those skyrocketing ICBC bills, especially for young drivers? Like you heard him say there about a seven thousand three hundred dollar ICBC bills. I mean, that's got it. That's that's a brutal. Well, we need a bit of a reality check. I mean, the biggest increase that any uh, inexperienced driver faced in the entire province is $324 on their basic insurance. So I understand that's a big increase. Um, unfortunately, for inexperienced drivers, uh, that's a fraction of their actual cost to the system. About one in four of the accidents in our province are caused by inexperienced drivers. And what we've done is we've shifted rates a little bit to say, you're representing more of a risk on the road. We need you to understand that when you're buying a brand new car and you want to insure it for collision and, and third-party liability and so on, that costs a lot of money. And ICBC is in a lot of financial trouble because of the actions of the last government. So it's not a happy situation, I agree. Um, but it's, it's not uh, $4,000. Um, it's uh, 300 and change for the, for the most dramatically mm. impacted by this change on their basic insurance. And by the way, he's touting a private system. And the private insurers acknowledge that those same drivers would pay $900 more under a private full competition scenario. So I don't know what he's talking about. Okay, I asked him this morning what he would do if he wasn't running things, and one of the things he suggested was maybe the government should step in here and cap ICBC rates for young drivers. Your thoughts on that? Uh, we already do. Um, ICBC rates for inexperienced drivers are subsidized by other drivers in the province. Uh, we've shifted that subsidization a little bit by a few hundred dollars. Um, and the goal is to help people understand uh, when they're making choices about what kind of car they're driving as an inexperienced driver and what kind of coverage they buy, uh, some of the cost of that. And I know it's not particularly welcome, 
Uh, there's another group of drivers that are also facing significantly higher rates, which are people with uh, multiple excessive speeding tickets, driving while impaired, and so on, because these higher-risk drivers are, are driving the costs. And so young, inexperienced drivers, and it's not young drivers, it's inexperienced drivers, will see their insurance drop quite dramatically as they get experience on the road. Okay, speaking to Attorney General David Eby, you famously called the situation over at ICBC the, the financial dumpster fire, and you said you've been determined to put the fire out. You mentioned that in the first quarter of this fiscal year, ICBC had actually kind of looked like they'd turned the tide and, and, bal- and were in the black for the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Are they going to stay in the black, given that you just suffered this big court loss, yeah, this big loss in court uh, this week? Obviously, it's a really significant setback for us. Uh, for a couple of reasons. One is um, we had hoped uh, that by reform of the court processes and the court rules, we could drive some costs down. So in the UK, they had the same problem and they brought in a special set of court rules just for uh, car collisions. Um, and there's a bonus in terms of uh, having this discussion about the court rules is since 2006, uh, people have been talking about this issue of expert reports, not just in, in car-related uh, litigation, but in all litigation, these uh, wildly expensive expert reports. I mean, you just had a story about a, uh, someone who had a bill from a lawyer for $30,000 in expert reports to resolve a $100,000 claim. Yeah. And, uh, and I know ICBC would have had expert reports on that as well. So that's just a fraction of the money. And all of that um, is paid for by people in the court system. It limits access to justice because you have to be able to afford these reports to sue somebody uh, for your case to prove your case. So we said, let's, let's reduce that. Let's do what we did in family law and go to experts that are jointly uh, agreed to by both sides, and then the court can hear from an impartial expert uh, and reduce this reliance on adversarial experts, and, and it'll have a bonus of uh, hopefully reducing some costs at ICBC. Uh, so it was a big yeah. setback. And uh, But more broadly, uh, I think uh, the idea that um, addressing the court rules and, and driving down those legal costs in that way is uh, is going to help get costs under control at ICBC. That was a pretty significant oh, blow. Oh, okay, well, it sounds like a good plan, but it was proved to be unconstitutional, according to the B.C. Supreme Court. Looking back on this now, is this a mistake that the government went down this road now that you've suffered this setback? Well, clearly, I mean, we lost the case. I mean, we're studying it, and we're having a look at what the Chief Justice told us. Um, it's... Uh, it, the the reason why we were looking at it was because the United Kingdom may limit you to one adversarial expert. In Australia, you're not even allowed any at all. Uh, and uh, there are rules across Canada limiting uh, expert witnesses. So we thought we were on reasonably firm ground. But, you know, we're studying the decision and we're looking at whether to appeal. But in any event, what it means is a significant delay. That The savings uh, specifically to ICBC... Um, are obviously um, uh, not going to be realized. But more importantly to me, the issue of the justice system as a whole and, and finding those efficiencies around expert witnesses that are frankly out of control is this big bloated infrastructure on both sides for plaintiffs and defendants that people have to pay for, whether through their car insurance or some other way. Uh, we need to fix that, and, uh, and we'll take another swing. Okay, what about privatizing ICBC or at least allowing private sector competition for basic auto insurance which right now is a monopoly market for icbc the liberals have said and wilkinson said it to me again once again this morning that maybe he always couches his language carefully here but he says maybe it's time to look at a private sector option what do you say well he's he's careful uh unless he's talking to his bc liberal supporters at the convention he said it's time for privatization and I believe that's his plan. Now, the reason why he's careful before an election, just as they were careful before the last election not to tell people that ICBC was losing so much money under their watch, is because he knows that the private insurers issued a report, their own report, uh, that said that no driver under the age of 44 would see any benefit 
uh, from privatization in terms of rates. And drivers uh, 34 and under would all see significant increases ranging from 34% for the uh, youngest drivers to 18% for drivers uh, between 29 and 34. Uh, and those are huge increases. That's $900 for the most inexperienced drivers. Uh, and he knows it because the report's out. It's public. I can provide the link for the report. People can read it themselves. Of course, it's on page 35, hidden a little table. But it's in there, and it's very clear. And that's why, you know, when we look at Alberta, when we look at Ontario, which are the private models, they are the only two provinces that regularly have higher insurance uh, quotes well, in British Columbia. Well, I always hear you say that it's more expensive with private insurance in other provinces, but then when you talk to the Insurance Bureau of Canada, which represents these private companies, they'll say the opposite. So, for example, I wrote a column, I know you're familiar with it, of, of a case of a young woman in Vancouver, new driver, she gets $6,400 ICBC bill. You go to the private insurers and they say, oh, she could have gotten insured in Calgary for 3400 for half of that. Yeah, so there's, there's two pieces right. to this. One is that the provinces of Manitoba and Saskatchewan who have no dog in this fight, they evaluate uh, provincial insurance plans as part of their annual reports for their public insurer. And they always rate Alberta and Ontario as more expensive than BC. But more importantly, I think, uh, is we have different systems than Ontario. We have different systems than Alberta in terms of what people can sue for and what benefits they get. So the question is, what would the private insurers charge when they came to British Columbia? And the insurers actually wrote a report about that. They hired MNP and MNP did this report for them. And it's there in black and white. They'll charge inexperienced drivers $900 more. Uh, and, sure. you know, so it's their own numbers about what they would do in British Columbia. The report came out last year. I'll, I'll happy to send it along, Mike, so you can share it with your listeners um, so that they at least know uh, why we're uh, so reluctant uh, to even consider that approach because it doesn't deliver lower rates. It hasn't in Alberta or Ontario. Okay. Uh, and for most drivers, it wouldn't here either. There's one more question for you. You lost this big court case this week at the B.C. Supreme Court. What is next on that file? Are you going to appeal that judgment? Uh, we're still having a look at it. Uh, the Certainly, uh, appeal is option, an option open to us, and we're making our best decision. What is critically important, uh, independent of the court judgment, for me, is getting rates down, and so we're working with yeah. experts inside and outside ICBC you, for further initiatives here. You also brought in a cap of $5,500 in payment for pain and suffering and minor, uh, minor injuries suffered in a car crash. The, the trial lawyers are suing you over that one, too. Are you concerned about losing that case as well? Well, following this judgment, uh, certainly uh, it, it is on my mind. Uh, the concern that I have is that that is the change that uh, that transformed ICBC's bottom line by an order of about a billion dollars and wow. also uh, funded uh, increasing benefits that hadn't increased since the 90s. Um, so it's a big deal if that one goes down. But I, I have more. Uh, we're, we're, uh, this, we based that reform on a reform that had taken place in every other province in Canada uh, many years previously and has also been challenged in those okay. provinces as, and unsuccessfully. So uh, we do uh, feel like we're on much firmer ground there. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike. I appreciate it. Attorney General David Eby.